Um, if you are joining in on Zoom, a uh, warm welcome to you. Uh, thank you for joining us and for those of you who are here. If you can please open up your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 18, um, and then we're going to read Luke chapter 18, verse 18 to 30, and then Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 1 to 10. We're just going to be looking at those um, two uh, verses, two passages um, of Scripture. So please um, turn your Bibles there. As we turn our Bibles there, just to um, remind us uh, of next week, there will be uh, an overflow um, facility uh, if you do come through uh, to there. So don't be uh, worried at all about space. Um, so please come through uh, to join us. You can have about multiple people meeting. Even outside, uh, you can have about 100. So come through next week um, to witness uh, the laying on of hands as we commission um, those men, three guys, who have been doing ministry. Ordination is just a um, recognition of some uh, something that's, um, or rather a ministry uh, that these guys have been doing. So it's not in any way uh, some form of graduation. It's just to say what you're doing, we recognize, we notice you. And my friend Reggie is going to be called Reverend Next week. <laughs> Can you believe? Um, God calls whoever he calls. Amen. Even people like ourselves. Um, well, as I asked you to turn to your Bibles, I didn't do that. Um, so Luke chapter 18, uh, we're reading two uh, scriptures. Uh, the first one is the parable, um, or rather not a parable, a story. Um, of Jesus and this rich ruler. We pick it up from verse 18. I'm going to refer to it as we go on. And a ruler asked him, Good teacher, Luke chapter 18, verse 18, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said... All this I've kept from my youth. When Jesus had heard this, he said to him, One thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when he had these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who had this said, then who can be saved? But he said, what is, what is impossible with men is possible with God. And Peter said, see, we have left our, our homes and followed you. And he said to them, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brother or parent or children for the sake of the kingdom of God, who will not receive many uh, times more in this life and in the age uh, to come eternal life. That is our first reading. Uh, we're going to look at our second reading. And notice the comparison, um, the reason why we're reading these two stories, the comparison between these uh, two men um, who come to Jesus seeking for, um, for something uh, and two different outcomes um, from these two stories. He entered Jericho, that is Jesus' uh, and was passing through, 
And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief uh, tax collector and he was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on, the, on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. Uh, he has gone into the to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defraud, defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. Listen to these words um, concerning the mission of Jesus and what he came to do. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Uh, this is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. To this, Praise be to God, you respond. Um, so if you are joining us for the very first time or... Um, you have missed what we were speaking about in the last couple of weeks, four weeks back. We kick-started a series in Luke's Gospel titled Uncertainty, rather Certainty, uh, because we live in an uncertain time. And what Luke does in chapter 1 verse 4 uh, is that he, he says he writes this gospel, this account of the life of Jesus, uh, to give us certainty, to give the hearers um, assurance about who Jesus is and what he had come to do. Uh, so it is um, a book about certainty uh, in the uncertain times we um, we live in. Chapter 4 that we looked at last week uh, deals with and hones in on the mission of Jesus uh, and the manifesto of Jesus uh, as he looks back at Isaiah, the, the, the prophet, and he appropriates or takes uh, for himself uh, the words of um, the prophet Isaiah. Uh, and those words from Isaiah 61... Uh, are filled with images of this coming king who'd come to bring freedom uh, to God's people. And we saw last week that Jesus brings freedom. Um, we saw that three things that he, um, he brings freedom of, far from rather, is freedom from the sin that we saw love. And that's what we saw last week, uh, that we are enslaved to our sin. And Jesus comes in to bring us freedom. Uh, the other type of freedom that Jesus brings is uh, from the power of evil. Uh, you see once and again in uh, Luke's gospel, Jesus dealing with uh, the demonic world and exercising authority uh, over the evil world. If you grew up um, in, in spaces where you saw uh, those uh, powerful demonic forces, um, I grew up thinking that the evil world was more powerful uh, than Jesus. Uh, so this Messiah, this king uh, from the line of David, steps in and shows his power over over evil. Um, and we're going to see that in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, the other freedom that he brings, uh, particularly, and we see this in Luke's gospel, and this will become uh, the topic for us tonight, um, is the release from the power that money and possession has a hold on us. Uh, so this uh, topic of money and possession in the ancient world, just like in, the, in our world, uh, had great power in gripping the hearts um, of uh, its worshippers, that is, you and I, to such an extent uh, that Paul in his writing would say, 
that greed is idolatry. The desire for more and more money is idolatry. Idolatry is the worship of anything um, other than God. Um, so we are tonight going to be talking about money, possessions, and the freedom that Jesus offers. Um, the things that we treasure the most um, are possessions. Um, we're going to see how Jesus frees us uh, from that. We're going to see, and this is my summary in case you doze off, uh, you should have coffee when you come to the evening service, ne? Amen. Um, that when it comes to the things that we treasure the most, our possessions, our money, uh, the gospel rejects our normal way of living, our normal way of, of thinking. Uh, it rejects that and offers us a better way of life. Uh, so when it comes to the things that we cherish the most, this is the summary, uh, and it's also our three points. Uh, the things that we cherish the most, um, when it comes to those um, the Christian story rejects our normal way of life uh, and of functioning and offers us a better way of life. So we're going to look at um, our normal way of functioning, how the gospel rejects that, um, and how Jesus promise us, promises us um, the better life. Somebody say the better life. I'm going to lead us in prayer. I hope I'm not long, uh, right? I'm going to um, try not to be long so that we can have an interaction. Somebody say amen. amen. Um, that we can have an interaction at the end. So as Kensani said, she's going to join me and we're going to be taking some of your um, questions. So as you listen, uh, be like the Bereans. What did they do? They didn't just listen and be like, ah, that guy is interesting or that guy is boring. They said, oh, let's think more about what you are saying. That should be your approach as a Christian when it comes to, when somebody speaks from up front and speaks and says, this is the authority of God's word, you need to always go to um, to question that against the scriptures. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, this, your word. Uh, even the song that we sang, that we'll build our lives upon your word. It is a firm foundation. Lord, oftentimes we don't believe that. So help us and turn our hearts to believe. Uh, help us and turn our hearts away from greed and the desire for more money. Help us to live generous lives uh, with our money, with our times, with our time and with our possessions. Uh, so we pray as you look at your word that we'd see more of Jesus and be certain um, of who he is and what he calls us to in these uncertain times. We pray this in your name and for our good. Amen. So the year was uh, 1886. Um, I was doing crutch at that time. Uh, and the city of Jobek was just founded uh, in 1886. This is um, after a couple of years when gold was um, discovered. And many, uh, as you'd read in the articles, many rushed to Jobek to come to dig for gold. Uh, and I think since then, the gold rush has not ended. Um, many of us grew up thinking of Tobek as this city with, um, with the streets that listen with gold. Um, we called it affectionately Josie Maboneng, uh, the city of lights. Um, our great grandparents, as they thought of Tobek, uh, to them, they had more scary memories because they remembered the men uh, that Tobek had swallowed. Uh, men who left the village, uh, perhaps never came back, perhaps uh, started other families uh, in the big bad cities. And they would reminisce around the fire. I did, by the way. I don't make some of this, a lot of my stuff up. We did grow up sitting around the fire, eating. 
Uh, you couldn't see what you were eating. I digress. This is why I take long. Um, but they would reminisce and say, yo, so and so. Um, meaning that such and such a person um, ended up in Joburg, and we knew that um, that would become the end of them as we um, as we knew them. Uh, it was this big bad city uh, that we listened to uh, those stories, but we wanted uh, a piece of Joburg, uh, and many of us uh, did come to this big uh, bad city to get a piece of it. Uh, we come here. Uh, to study um, here, to make money, um, we come here to seek uh, a better life. And man, can I say, uh, the like money and possessions is the heartbeat of the city, uh, isn't it? Uh, this is what the city is uh, centered around. And whether you may agree with it or not agree with it, um, I think this is um, the case, that every single one of us uh, comes here to Joburg for a better life, um, Many of you grew up here, uh, but your parents or grandparents probably came here uh, looking uh, for that, um, that thing that we treasure more than anything. And our normal thinking of money in the city uh, is to get more of it, uh, to get more for me, and to show others that I, I have more, uh, more than them. Would you say that that uh, represents um, the, the heartbeat of Jobek? Money talks here uh, in Jobek. Uh, money makes for pa sounds uh, and many other many other sounds. Um, I was reading a commentator this week uh, commenting on chapter 19 of Luke's Gospel and he says that whenever money starts to talk, um, it shouts louder than the claims of honesty, respect and human dignity. Uh, that is money right there. Um, and he, I, I changed some of his uh, thing because he's writing in the States. He said that Whenever money exchanges hands, uh, whether it is across a wobbly table in a rusty uh, shack in Stretla in formal settlement, um, or across a fancy retina MacBook uh, in on the 55th floor of Leonardo Building, you guys know that uh, the tallest building in Africa. Uh, whether it's that in the informal settlement uh, next to Santin, or it is in the shiny offices of Santin, uh, the hands all too easily get dirty. Um, so that's the reality of the city we live in. In fact, just this week on Times Live, uh, there was an article on uh, a particular politician who's being accused of misappropriating over 250 million. Uh, what he was meant to do was uh, uh, to start this project where they go into different places and look for asbestos, uh, those old asbestos uh, roofs, uh, and remove those and give people uh, better lives. Uh, him and his 10 uh, guys decided, comrades, this is the best of times for us. We're going to seek a better life, uh, as it is the slogan uh, of this particular party. A better life for us, comrades. 255 million uh, is gone, and they're being accused uh, of pocketing that. Um, and I think of the poor and the vulnerable uh, who's, uh, who, to whom this project was supposed to be um, uh, beneficial. They're living in substandard conditions. This guy, um, these guys have pocketed the money. Now that's an extreme, um, scenario, right? Uh, but many of us, I think if we live and if you continue in the thought process of the culture of Jobek, that is where it often leads us. 
whether we become cutthroat in corporate SA, um, and I think uh, corporate SA will roughen you up, uh, and you'll begin to kind of embrace the culture of, let me just stab every and everybody, any and everybody at the back so that I can get my way. Because here, uh, in corporate uh, Jobek, it's everyone for himself and God for us all. Uh, that's, um, that's the situation that um, we find ourselves. And I think no one experienced this kind of life like Zacchaeus. We'll call him Brazaics, uh if he was living in, uh, in the hood. We'll call him that. Have a look at verse 1 of um, chapter 19. Chapter 1, not chapter 1, verse 1 of chapter 19. He entered, that is Jesus, uh, in Jericho. Uh, so um, Jesus is joining through into Jerusalem. Uh, we know that earlier on he said in Jerusalem, that's where he's going to be crucified on the cross. So as we said last week, Luke is walking us through uh, and he's showing us this journey as Jesus goes to Jerusalem. Uh, he says um, earlier on that I'm setting my face towards Jerusalem where I'm going to be crucified. So it's quite important uh, for us uh, to know that he's in Jericho. He's passing through. He's passing through uh, to go be crucified. To not look out for number one, uh, this is what Jesus does. Uh, he goes to um, to look out for those who are, whom he has been given to save. Verse 2, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, he was a chief uh, tax collector and was rich. Uh, so a couple of things that we see um, about Zacchaeus. One, he's a Hebrew man. He's a Jewish guy. Uh, his name is Jewish. Uh, his name means pure or, or innocent. Um, that's quite an irony, isn't it? Uh, imagine a guy um, who is a tenderpreneur and who's committed a lot of fraud uh, being called bra innocent. Um, quite an irony uh, that we see uh, in this man, Jewish man, uh, Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. That's another thing that we uh, come to uh, figure out. Um, and basically what a chief collector means uh, is that his main hustle uh, was to hustle people from their hard-earned money. So that's his business. Uh, he collects tax for the Roman government, uh, the, oppos- um, the oppressive regime. Uh, and not only does he collect money, uh, he collects more uh, than he needs uh, to collect. Uh, he was rich, meaning that he was good at the job that he did. Uh, and you can imagine that his reputation uh, was not so great in his uh, community. Um, money was uh, quite an important thing to him, so much so that he didn't um, care about being accepted in society um, as a Jew. He chose to defraud uh, his own. Uh, we've seen many examples of that, uh, haven't we? Have a look at verse 3. And this man, he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on, the, on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small uh, in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was ab- uh, about to pass that way. Many of you who grew up in Sunday school would have heard of this short man who climbed up and that story might have encouraged you that um, you also, some people might look down on you, but you need to climb a tree and Jesus will see you up there. Uh, Bazalani, what is your tree this evening? Um, maybe you heard that story. Um, 
This idea that is of small stature, commentators say um, it does not necessarily mean that he was a Kostatich, or who's that guy? That, um, sorry, I said that. Um, he wasn't like a short guy, right? Um, it just simply it could mean that he was small of stature. It could mean that he was young or, or small standing within the community. But what we do know is that um, this, um, this verse um, is causative. Let me explain what I mean by that. Um, it says that on account of the crowd, he could not see Jesus. Uh, so meaning that because of the crowd, they caused him not to see him. Uh, and commentators say that it's probably because of his reputation that the guys did not allow him as part of the crowd. I mean, if he was a short guy who could have pushed in front to see Jesus, uh, but the idea is that he's, uh, um, he's cast out of the, the crowd. He's cast out because of his uh, behavior uh, and his well-known uh, reputation. Uh, so he's rejected uh, by his community on account of, of money. Um, that's the first point that we see there, that the normal way of living uh, in this life, in the life of the tax collectors, uh, was all about status and acquiring wealth and money for the sake um, of me. Am I allowed to say screw all others from a pulpit? Um, I think that was his thinking. Screw everyone else, I'm out for number one. If you are English and watching, I apologize for that. Um, so the second thing that we're going to see is that Jesus rejects this way, this normal way of living. Um, Jesus uh, rejects uh, that. And how do we see that? Well, Jesus accepts this man. Think about Ace Mahashulu being accused of stealing so much money. Um, yet Jesus would accept a kind of man like that, uh, a man who has offended the people, a man who's betrayed his own people, a man who has treasured wealth more than relationships. Uh, yet Jesus uh, steps towards uh, this man. Verse 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled, uh, listened to uh, the crowd. He has gone in to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. See, these guys um, thought to themselves, if Jesus um, goes into his house, if he partakes in a meal with him, if he's being hosted by him, uh, then surely he's partaking in this man's sin. Surely he's approving of this man's sin. Um, in the ancient world and the Jewish world, um, dirty things, unclean things contaminated clean things. Um, so it's like uh, that bag of potatoes. I like the up-to-date potatoes, uh, the good potatoes. If you make uh, Indian curry, um, this is you need up-to-date potatoes. They're just soft. Uh, they make nice mashed potato as well. They're powdery, uh, so they can get them at Food Lovers. Um, I advertise for these guys for free. But they're just so nice because they thicken the, 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 the soup and suck in all the juices. Um, I'm, yeah, my mouth is, uh, is thinking about curry. Um, but those potatoes, uh, food lovers sells them in like crazy um, quantities, <laughs> like 10 kgs that are never used. And, and what ends up happening is that one potato goes off, and what happens to the rest? Um, they all go off um, because the unclean thing contaminates 
uh, the rest of uh, those potatoes. Uh, and such is the case also in Jewish thinking that what is dirty contaminates uh, what, what, what is good. Um, not so in the case of Jesus. Uh, in the case of Jesus, there's a book called Contagious Holiness. We see that throughout Luke's gospel, Jesus contaminates the people that he uh, uh, comes across, um, that he interacts with, with his holiness. Uh, he infers his holiness. He um, affects those he, whom he's around with his holiness rather than uh, them affecting him. Uh, so the concern there is that Jesus is dealing with his men uh, and is a, a guest of this man who is a sinner. Surely he is associating with sinners. sinners. Surely he himself is partaking in their sin. Not so with Jesus. We see him rejecting that normal way of life uh, and, um, and, and, and bringing about his holiness uh, to this man. Uh, the other thing that we see there um, in Jesus accepting this man, uh, we see two kind of searches. In verse 3, uh, Zacchaeus is seeking for Jesus as we read on the surface. But have a look at verse 10. Who's searching for who here? For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Uh, we recognize that it's not so much this man, Zacchaeus, who's seeking for Jesus, who's seeking to see Jesus, but it is Jesus who steps towards him uh, to come seek him and to rescue him from his sin. Um, through Jesus, this man experiences the goodness uh, of Jesus. Not only does Jesus uh, um, bring his holiness towards him, uh, but also he accepts him uh, in his rejected uh, state. And we see this contrast uh, in chapter 18. A guy who is not a sinner, a guy who is obeying all of Jesus' commands, a guy who you and I would think uh, would form part of his kingdom. Uh, we see that the, the irony that is that this guy goes away sad because he treasured his possessions more than anything. So here's a religious guy, chapter 18, who goes away uh, not wanting to uh, leave or get rid of his possessions. Why? Because he thought uh, that goodness was found in him. He thought his goodness was found in him obeying God's commands. Um, but we see this man, Zacchaeus, who understands his place in society, who understands his brokenness, benefiting from the life of Jesus. Uh, and we see that the outcome of his life um, is that he is transformed towards the end. What does he do? He repents. Again, last week we said repentance 180 degrees 10. He was living a particular way, uh, stealing money from people. But what does he do there? Have a look at um, verse, verse 8. Um, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Uh, this is true repentance. This is a man turning away from his previous life of valuing money. Uh, and understanding that there's something much more valuable, and that is being accepted by Jesus. And Jesus turns um, this situation upside down, and as he moves towards his people uh, by grace. Um, and I think, as I'm preaching, I'm thinking of the interview that happened earlier, and I'm like, amen, sisters. Um, when Jesus moved towards us uh, in his goodness, when God moves towards us in Jesus, uh, in his goodness, when he lavishes his grace upon us, um, then and only then can we be moved uh, to a life of generosity, uh, to live with our hands open, not wanting uh, things for me, myself, and I, 
uh, not wanting to be approved by others, by what we drive, what we wear, how much money we have. Um, there's this thing um, called, um, <laughs> like the different ratings they have at a bank with FNB. Uh, but every now and again, they, they just want you to look like you have more money than you actually have in the bank account. Uh, so they offer you to upgrade. Um, don't think that it's because you have more money, right? Um, they offer you an upgrade. Uh, they charge you more money for status so that when you get to uh, a, a certain place, you can swipe your silver or black cards to show that you just um, cut above the rest. You're the cream of the crop. When Jesus accepts us, we stop behaving in those normal patterns. Um, he uh, moves us uh, in his goodness um, to uh, embrace a different way of life. I just wanted to read a section from Luke's, from a commentary that I was reading. It's quite a long um, quote, uh, but it captures what's happening here in Luke's, Luke chapter 19, uh, that when God moves towards Zacchaeus in his goodness, uh, his way, his normal way of life is changed and transformed. Um, this is what uh, this commentator says. Um, he says that Jesus thus calls on people to live as he lives. In contradiction to the agon- uh, agonistic uh, competitive form of life, marked by conventional notions of honor and status, typical of the larger Roman world. So the larger Roman world was all about honor and status. The more money you had, the more honor you had. Uh, and Jesus turns that uh, upside down. Behaviors that grow out of service in the kingdom of God take a different turn. Love your ne- enemies, do good to those who hate you, extend hospitality to those who cannot reciprocate, give without expecting for return. Such practices are, are possible only for those whose dispositions, whose convictions and commitments have been reshaped by a, transformat- for, by a transformative encounter with the goodness of God. So the only way for you to love those who hate you is if you've encountered the mercy of a loving God who loved you when you hated him. Amen. The only way for us to move towards love to people who cannot repay us is by remembering a God who moved towards mercy to us when we could not repay him. That is the gospel. It moves us uh, when we encounter the goodness of God. It moves us um, to love others. Uh, And listen to this. Within the third gospel, that is Luke's gospel, the chief competitor for this focus, this focus on saving others, stems from money. Not so much money itself, but the rule of money. Manifest uh, in the, the derived for social praise and so in the forms of lives designed to keep those with power and privilege segregated from those of low status, the, le- the less, the lost, and the left out. Uh, so Roman culture uh, is structured in such a way that those who have power keep hold on to their power. Those like Zacchaeus, who was a tax collector, um, keep the society, the normal ways of society in, in ongoing because they benefit from those. Uh, the part of systems and structures that are broken and they want to keep those systems going. And the gospel comes in. Nobody can do anything to Zacchaeus, yet the gospel comes in and transforms Zacchaeus' heart. Uh, and when it does so, Zacchaeus is not only changed, uh, salvation is, is, it is that, it is personal salvation, 
but it, it is also a transformation of the society that we live in. Um, can you imagine a better life with me for a minute? A life where people have experienced the goodness of God and it moves them to be different. Uh, what if politicians experienced the goodness of God uh, and were moved uh, to live uh, a, a kind of different life, um, a life of openness rather than getting uh, from others? That's what happened in the case of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus stands here as a story um, to remind us also um, that unless we experience the goodness of God, we ourselves uh, will keep our hands tight uh, and our knuckles white, as they say. Paul Tripp says, no amount of money, education, or budget construction has the power to feed me from the ravenous greed of my sinful heart. It is only uh, the grace of God that has the strength to change a heart uh, that is greedy, uh, a heart that desires more um, to, um, to be generous. Um, just to end off with a better life, in Luke chapter 12, uh, Jesus says to them, Watch out, guard yourselves against every form of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Um, Jesus says this, uh, to a man who's busy asking about his inheritance, who's busy asking about, Chucks, when my father dies, am I gonna get, uh, what is due to me? Uh, my father is, my brother is fighting me off of my father's estate. What should I do? And Jesus tells him, uh, this story. Uh, and he tells him a parable. I encourage you to read that, uh, for the sake of time. In chapter 12, he tells him, uh, of a parable of a man, uh, who wanted more, uh, and he's, bitter outcome, the bitter outcome uh, of his life. Uh, Jesus says there is a better way to be human, uh, and that is not wanting to get out of life, always getting, but it is wanting to give. Um, because if we lived in a society where each and every one of us were givers rather than takers, I mean, what, how beautiful would that society be? Uh, I think it would be great. I think we'd be far off as a country with all the issues that we have, in taking care of the poor, uh, in creating jobs, in paying those who are working for us better, uh, not thinking they deserve it, but uh, to better their lives. Um, I think many of us, when you think of rich people, we think of those people out there who live in Kailami or Kaswell North Estates or Waterfall. What is the other rich place? Um, those, uh, was it? Sun? I don't know what, even, like even the word Hurst. Yes! Yeah. Um, but every single one of us here, um, I think we fall in the category of rich. She bought a McDonald's this week, used an Uber, have a smartphone, can afford data. You are, <laughs> above like a lot of people in this whole world. You are the, the exception to the norm. Um, if God changed us in this room, imagine the transformation we would bring in the world that has placed us. I'm going to end there. I'm going to end there uh, with three questions for you to ponder and to chew on this world. Um, if we were to look at your bank statement, what would it tell us? And I'm not saying this to make you feel guilty. A lot of us, when it comes to money, 
uh, can come away thinking that we, Jacks, man, I, I feel like I'm not generous enough. Um, and we would try to earn our salvation by being more generous. That is not the point. If we looked at your bank account, what would it tell us? Jesus says that where you, your money goes, that's where your heart is. What would it tell us about where your heart is? Go and just chew on that uh, this week. Um, how can the love of Jesus uh, push me to love those who are around me more? How can the love of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus, the Christian story, motivate me to a life of generosity, a life uh, with an open hand? The third question, um, which Christian are you open with about your finances? Um, I've been in a lot of accountability groups where we've discussed masturbation, pornography, um, and all sorts of sins. But the sin that we never discuss um, mostly is the sin of greed. Right? I've, rarely do I hear someone say, Shucks, I think, I think I just love money. I think I'm just holding on to more money. Um, can I encourage you in those accountability groups that you're part of uh, to bring money into the, uh, the conversation? Um, can I encourage you with a Christian that you're working with uh, to be open about um, your money and how you're spending it? Um, that is to, to help you. I'm going to pray for us uh, that God will help us. And I do hope that you uh, have questions. I'm going to, as I pray, ask Ken Sunny to come join me. Um, I'm not sure where the wipes are. So if someone can help with uh, a chair here. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. Uh, thank you for the Lord Jesus who steps towards sinners, uh, who seeks the lost. Uh, people are lost like ourselves in our quest for greed, more gold uh, in the city. Uh, Father, we recognize that you have created all these resources uh, for the sake of um, our serving, and I pray that you'd move us towards that um, with the little that we have. We remember the story of this uh, widow in, um, in this gospel who gives of all that she has, uh, and you hail her uh, as, a, as a pattern uh, for generosity. I pray that we would be radically generous uh, in our lives, with our times, with our resources, in our office spaces, um, to help those who are struggling and not just to be interested in going ahead uh, and getting ahead in life. I pray that you transform our lives uh, in, uh, with your amazing gospel, uh, that we would be more open-handed, just like you are, um, in sending your son, Jesus Christ, uh, to die and put to death our selfishness on that cross. Uh, so help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.